Blog Talk Radio. In a world where everyone is a social media guru, there is one lodestone, one brightest point in the sky, one true north. Uh, We have no idea where that is, but we've been here every Tuesday since August 2008, bringing you the absolute best and brightest guests from the world of social media and Internet marketing. Welcome to Social Media Edge Radio. And now it's time to get this show on the commode. Here's your host, Ken Cook, and co-host Mike Mueller. Yes, it is. Good morning, Mike Mueller. Good morning, Ken Cook. How are my chickens today? (laughs) Chickens are doing well. They're happy. Awesome. Uh, Thank you for calling in to uh, Chicken Talk here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, Farm Talk will follow. Be on in just a moment. No, but seriously, this is uh, uh, activity going on in the background there. Um, This is uh, Blog Talk Radio's probably longest running show on our topic, which is online marketing, digital marketing, your digital existence, the the space that we do. So we talk about everything, a lot of things for nine years, Mike Mueller. Ooh, well for nine years and 28 episodes since we're counting Ooh. episodes. 20. <laughs> I guess it's nine seasons system. and yes. Yes. Yes, that would that would be that would be correct. It's star date nine point two eight for all you Trekkies out there. How's that? <laughs> I like that a whole lot better. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, yeah. So welcome to the show. If you didn't know, there is a chat room. You can go into the chat room uh, and ask questions in there. You can also call in during the show. You just dial up three two three six four two one five three nine and Boom, you're right there. You can talk to Mike Mueller yourself. I mean, who wouldn't want to talk to Mike Mueller? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Mike, you had a great idea for a show today. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do your idea. I rate your idea five stars. You know, I saw that in the show description. I can't believe it. I got five stars. (laughs) I'm I'm so happy. This is going to be the best show ever. Yeah. Hello, man. You got it. I mean, it's got to be a lot of things going on. You know, I was looking through the news today and just there's so many things happening that was really difficult to to nail it down. So we'll have to be careful not to ramble about that and get straight to the point following our new segment. We can't call it new anymore. It's not new anymore. Following our opening segment where... What do we do in our opening segment, Mike? We share our tool of the week. Bum, 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 bum. Of the week. We need some grand entry music for that. We don't have that. We'll, we'll work on that. Um, yeah, so I was checking out your tool. and That sounded funny. I was looking at the tool you put in the show notes, <laughs> and that's pretty interesting. Don't laugh at me. I'm sensitive. I'm, you know, I can get embarrassed easily. Um, tell us what your what your tools of the week does, Mike. It's very interesting to me. 
So I was I was actually playing over in LinkedIn and happened to nobody ever plays in LinkedIn. What what what's up with that? But I was playing Nerd. over in LinkedIn. How weird is that? And I'm I'm poking around and I'm actually in what's called the feed, if you want to call it that. And somebody shared this link and I went, well, that's kind of weird because it actually uh, is a LinkedIn tool. And mm-hmm. I went, all right, well, let's go see this tool. So it's uh, LinkedIn puts together what's called the social selling dashboard. And I've got to, I've got to admit, I have no idea. I don't do a whole lot in LinkedIn, but no. I have no idea where they're getting the score from my interactions on LinkedIn or my whatever. Uh, obviously, I'm getting some sort of a score, and I'm doing pretty good compared to all the other people in my industry or in my network because it ranks both of those as far as that goes. So I'm top 4% in my industry and top 12%. Well, if that gives you good you know, googly features, uh, I'm okay with that. But <laughs> it's called the Social Selling Index. Mm-hmm. And so what they're saying is it measures how effectively you're establishing your professional brand, finding the right people, engaging with insights, and building relationships. And it's updated daily, they say, yeah. so it's it's current, it's, um, you know, so you can get in there and you can start, you know, checking and seeing how it is for you. Um, and I'm playing with it. So it's new to me. Mm-hmm. You'll find it at linkedin.com forward slash sales forward slash SSI. Yeah. Uh, I checked mine out and I'm not going to report anything. I'm just going to say whatever it is, I suck at it. That's good enough. <laughs> well, uh, you know, given yeah. that. And and this is my this is this is my thing. Hey, if I'm at the top of my industry, and I've you know as far as that goes, I'm not doing anything to be there. You know, I'm not on LinkedIn, really. I just happen mm-hmm. to be on LinkedIn, and I saw this. But um, it gives you a ranking, but it also you know tells you how you're doing with uh, different things, like you know engaging with insights, for instance, um, and insights. Um, I think are, you know, as far as that goes, they're not necessarily, um, uh, I'm thinking of um, Facebook analytics. Facebook analytics are called insights, and they're, they're mm-hmm. not necessarily that. Um, they're conversations and things like that and, and, and that kind of stuff. So um, mm-hmm. check it out. See what it is. Yeah. Play with it. Check it out. Be brave. Post your SSI online so we can all look at it. Good tool, Mike. Uh, mine, I think, <clears throat> is going to be interesting to a lot of people. I know in, in what I do and working with customers in various aspects of building their business, a lot of times I need to share something that I've found online, and I don't, I don't want to do a screen share or something like that. I just want to do a quick little capture and uh, share that with them. And maybe it's something that I found about a competitor. Maybe it's some kind of metric that they – need to see maybe it's some kind of a function on their site. So I need to do a video, not just a, a drag and grab screenshot. Um, tinytake.com has a, a free version and then upgrades available for it. Um, it's very simple, very fast, very powerful. One of the things I really like about this over some of the other ones, Mike, is they have a cloud right there. So you can save it to their cloud and just send the link to your 
the person that you're sending it to. And all they've got to do is click on the link. And there it is. It's exactly what you wanted to show them. With the upgrades, you can even annotate it. So you can draw on it and write things on it. There are a lot of things available, but most of them require you to download it, save your um, file to your local computer, and then upload it to Dropbox mm-hmm. or whatever. This one just kind of does it all at once. You tried that one out, Mike? I, you know what? I'm going to. I use. I do a whole lot of exactly what you're talking about. Of, I'll, I'll bring up the screen, do a quick video, and say, "Here's how you do this," or, or what have you, to a client. Um, and I use something called ScreenFlow, which is a Mac-only thing, which does a great job of recording. But then I've got to actually go and send that over to YouTube. I put it up into YouTube. I do them unlisted, so you know they're not shown to everybody. And then send somebody the link to it. But mm-hmm. I like this better. Super fast it is for Mac and Windows. Um, I actually found it from uh, uh, someone that I work with sent me something, and. I said, hey, I like this. Checked it out. TinyTake.com. T-I-N-Y-T-A-K-E. Not Tiny Cake, but Tiny Take. <laughs> oh, I hear that sound. I have to put on your voice. Hey, you know what? I got a new phone, finally. I don't know if you knew that or not. I think everyone knows that, I knew that. my phone went whitewater kayaking with me. I wanted to wait for the Galaxy Note 8, but Mama wanted me to have a phone so she could send me photos while I was at the store of the product I needed to pick up, or whatever. And we have a grandbaby coming any day now. So I went ahead and I got the Samsung S8 Plus, which I love. But now in about two weeks, Mm -hmm. here comes the Note. Share your news with us, Mike. Well, and I, I put this news in, and, and actually, I'm, I want you to expand on this a whole lot more, but I put this news because uh, they're starting to show uh, the leaked photos and things like that, and I, I don't really think that they're leaked. I think they're purposely mm-hmm. dribbled out to increase interest. It's a PR move. But Galaxy Note 8, uh, replacing the Note 7, which, you know, the bomb. It was the mm-hmm. bomb. But uh, the battery everything's going to be better, and I know you're a huge fan of the Note 8. And um, so they just came out, and they've got dual cameras on the back, as far as that goes. And uh, mm-hmm. that's the, I get the camera thing somewhat. Why have dual cameras? Let me ask you that. Well, why not? Well, I've got, and I say dual cameras, I say dual cameras on the back. So we've got mm-hmm. dual cameras on the back of the thing. Why do I need dual cameras on on the back of anything? Why do I need dual camera lenses? Is one Whoa. a close-up and one a... Is that why they do that? Uh, no, actually, it's it's to give you a better i think it's called it's not called depth of field but it's like with when you're looking with your eyes and you see Mm -hmm. uh, from two different dimensions then the same thing happens with your camera on your phone so it gives you that same uh field of vision Uh, i'm not sure what the technical term is for it but it makes the picture much more robust um when you're looking at it with your human eyes Gives you that extra dimension, I guess, is what it's called. 
So you shoot a picture and it uses both lenses and combines those into one image. That's the idea. Okay. Um, but in the news, uh, you know what? I think I think it looks I think it looks fine. I I'm not a a note kind of person. I like somewhat. I think they're just a little bit too big for me. Um, but that's it. You know, it looks fine. It's got a fingerprint sensor on the back, right next to the camera lens, which means everybody's going to complain about not being able to have a clean picture on your camera because you smudged it with your fingerprint trying to open your camera. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, my S8 Plus has the fingerprint sensor right next to the single, um, but it also mm-hmm. has the um, mm-hmm. uh, facial recognition on the front side. So I can do it either way, or uh, it even has the option to type in a code. Uh, I haven't had any problem with my fingerprint sensor at this point, but I think that the, yeah. the I think the photography from the Note 8 is going to be vastly superior than uh, what we've seen from most other phones before. It's still going to be uh, up in the air as to whether it will compete with the Pixel because the Pixel by far has the best uh, photography results. So we'll see if the Note 8 competes with that. Good story. That's what I hear. Cool. Now, why would Roomba, why why do they even need to comment, comment on your next story? (laughs) <laughs> I, I actually I started putting it in, in a little bit different. So Ruma actually took a big hit because somebody uh, posted online that uh, Ruma's data. So if you're not familiar, Ruma is a little uh, vacuum thing robot that you know the eye robot that goes around and vacuums your entire house, and mm-hmm. it learns as it's going along and bumping into walls. There is a wall there. So essentially what it does in all of this is it maps your house. And somebody uh, released that all of that data goes up to Roomba. Roomba gets all that data, on, you know, and so theoretically Roomba has a map to your vacuumable house. Or, you know, Roomba's go on hardwood floors too. So um, – Roomba just came out, and actually, they got a they got a huge hit, social media wise, news wise, lots of PR, lots of negativity, and they came out and said they will absolutely, positively not sell maps to your home. Is the way I word it. But he's actually not going to sell your data. Why he needs your data? I'm not exactly sure. Well, it probably not only maps your home, but where your furniture is too, right? Yeah, everything it bumps into, it would map. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. I never thought about that before, but uh, yeah, if that baby is Wi-Fi'd, uh, maybe Roomba isn't going to sell it, but it's out there, and if somebody wanted it for some crazy reason, they could get it. So let's say if you are a secured business and you're using Roombas in your secured business, now that Roomba doesn't care that your business is is uh, uh, secured. So now... That map is somewhere available, and guess what those hackers like to do? They like to get the stuff they're not supposed to get. So there they go. Right on it. Boom. So it's still a little scary to me. Um, Speaking of scary. My whole point is, why do they need the data on my home anyway? Why why does Roomba need that map? Why does it need to go to their cloud? Why doesn't it just stay inside my Roomba? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the question is, if that Roomba is Wi-Fi, why do you need to connect it to your Wi-Fi device? Why can't it just run yeah. autonomously? Mm-hmm. And I guess that is the question. Can it run without connecting to your Wi-Fi device? Um, or could you connect it some way to your uh, to a fixed IP that you don't have to allow it to send data, I'm assuming, to some port um, that uh, Roomba connects to? You could just block that port. I don't know. I'll have to dig around on that one. It's a good one, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of scary and mapping, you know, video games and movies both use um, computer-generated graphics, CGI. And... Mm-hmm. Over the years, we've seen, you know, we've seen like Monsters, Inc. I don't know if you remember when that first came out, but how awesome it was because the feathers and the fur and everything moved on the yeah. on the characters yeah. so well. Uh, and now we've got uh, movies. I just saw something the other day, and half the characters were computer-generated. Um, oh, it was called that movie Valerian, which I thought was funny because oh, – yeah. Yeah, Valerian is uh, one of my favorite herbs to chill me out. Uh, so we went to see Valerian, <laughs> and a lot of the characters in there were animated. And sometimes it was quite difficult to tell uh, at first glance if you're looking at a, a model or if you're looking at an actual CG character. Um, with this new technology that's out now, um, with a, what they call neural networking, the mapping of faces especially has just it's gone off the charts and the new the results from it make it possible to create a computer animated face that moves exactly like a human Uh, i don't know if you had a chance to watch the videos there but it's pretty scary pretty creepy in a good way wow yeah amazing of course next so uh, now we know of course that's going to come to the real world yeah, mm-hmm. we're not going to have actors anymore. We're just going to have movies with uh, computer-generated, and it will look like a live-action movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, won't be long. Uh, and then we're bringing that into the real world with uh, robotics. So now they can print the skin and make the robotics move the same way that those – because anything a computer can do, they can make a robot do. It just takes a little bit of time to figure it out. So, yeah, kind of creepy. Uh, hey, you, I know you were over on LinkedIn today looking around. Did you did you happen to make a list of a bunch of people from your industry that you might want to contact or a bunch of people from a target market that you – I mean, did you did you scrape any data <laughs> while you were over there? You know, I uh, – and this leads right into the story of another LinkedIn. Um, I scraped data from LinkedIn. Oh, hey, is this – Show public? Oh, I scrape data from uh, <laughs> from LinkedIn on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, but I'm assuming you do it onesie, twosie, or or a few at a time, right? Exactly, just that. Yeah, yeah. Just don't do what uh, apparently High Q decided that it would be okay for them to scrape. Oh, a few thousand. Uh, employees or uh, employees from public LinkedIn files. LinkedIn didn't think that was too cool, so um, they're firing out a uh, uh, cease and desist letter and fully prepared mm-hmm. to follow that up. Um, but they're public, Mike. What's the big deal? Well, uh, and I get that, and, I, and I'm and I'm going to say I 
and you know this goes with with Facebook as well. But I'm going to say I kind of like what um, Haiku was doing and and kind of why they were doing it. I mean, they were selling a product, and essentially anybody else could go over and and do the same kind of thing. But they were selling a product, and it was a, a product of you know businesses as far as that goes. Um, but it isn't their data to be taking in and reselling. It's you know I might be making a hard apple cider, but it's not my apples. They were stealing apples essentially. Mm. So in that way, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Um... If LinkedIn wanted to make that stuff available for purchase, it would be one thing. It may be public, but LinkedIn is the one that has invested in getting all of those people to come and participate with LinkedIn. LinkedIn has spent their time and their resources to make that data available. So for somebody just to come along and and grab it and take it and repackage it, it's not like buying a bunch of magazines and then reselling them down the street. It's like stealing the magazines and selling them down the street. So, yeah, I'm I'm actually on LinkedIn's side with this one. Hey, we're going to take a short break, and as soon as we come back, we're going to jump into today's topic, which is how to get five-star ratings. We're going to talk about how important they are and some possible ways to get them. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Mike Mueller, and in case you didn't know, when I'm not co-hosting the show, I'm busy building websites for small businesses just like yours. But you know what? I do it a little differently than most web developers. First of all, I don't farm anything out. And secondly, I build what you want, not what I think you should have. And I don't just build a website, I don't just throw a template at it and call it a day. I ask you some very specific questions about your business and the goals of the website, and then I build a unique system that fits your needs. And that's something no other web developer does. Check out areweconnected.com forward slash smedge for more details and a special bonus just for you, our listeners. Frustrated with your website? Can't get it to look right or work right? Think it's too expensive to hire a real development company to quickly turn things around? Think again. For as little as $35, Ken Cook will investigate and often correct issues with your website. With over 20 years of web coding experience, he'll quickly identify your challenges and help keep the costs and time to a minimum. Many jobs can be completed the same day. Regardless of where your site is hosted, what platform it's developed on, or what framework is used, contact Ken today at thekencook.com. And instead of working for your website, make it work for you. Yeah, you, you get to work, website. I've got things I need to do. I need to play <laughs> golf. You, you get to work. Uh, Mike, I'm going to let you take the lead on today's topic because it really was your idea. Um and I'm just going to kind of jump in there. I'm going to play. Uh, I'm going to move over here to the Ed McMahon seat. So, Mike Mueller, the show is yours. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, and this and this came from. I'm actually uh, working on a website and and working on a project on getting better reviews. And essentially, uh, five star is uh, you know everybody pretty much every review thing is you know one to five stars. So uh, that's kind of where all of this came from is it's been in my the forefront of my brain um and these questions and this kind of stuff so it was a natural thing to make it a topic on our show and share kind of what we know and what we've learned and and there we go so uh i like your description 
as far as that goes in the show notes of you know what we're talking about today and getting a five star rating, uh, getting more five star ratings, and why it's important is I think probably the most uh, important part of this is the why of getting five stars because you know it's it's what we do as as humans these days shopping online we ask our friends we you know one of the most annoying things in facebook right now for me is the recommendations uh thing that happens so somebody's looking for i need a babysitter you know and i've got friends all over you know, all over the world, just like you do, just like a whole lot of people. And they ask for, you know, where should I go for dinner tonight? And people just start throwing out just all sorts of things. Well, I don't need to see that kind of stuff. But we do ask our friends, our family. And, you know, I'm going to say, you want a new phone? <laughs> ask ask your friends and family and you'll get, you know, a hundred different responses. Well, you get two major responses you got to go Apple or you got to go Android. Apple sucks. Android sucks. You know, you're going to get one or the other, but then you're going to get a wide variety of here's the best phone you need to get kind of thing. And that comes from your friends and family. That said, you kind of walk away from that. And because those people are just nonsense and I really want, you know, I think I want the Pixel as my next phone. So then you start looking at reviews. And those reviews are incredibly important today because they're coming from people that we don't know, but people that we actually put a little bit of trust in blindly, but we do. We put a little bit of trust into their reviews and their ratings and those five-star ratings. Don't you think? You know, uh, well, I this goes way back. A lot of people don't know this, but the five-star rating idea goes all the way back to ancient Greece. Um, they had a collective choice, kind of like uh, the five-star system. But the idea of the collective choice is um, to build the psychology to make things uh, valued by the users, by the people themselves. So kind of crowdsourcing, if you would. So mm-hmm. when you go look at those stars, and I'm kind of reserving a little thing, so I might be him hawing around here because I got something I, I'm going to drop a bomb in a little while on this. Um, but it's the idea of how you stack up against your competitor, whether another person, whether another product, or something like that. So do I look at the stars when I go? Do I, when I'm shopping on Amazon and I see a product, do I look at the ratings? When I'm about to download a new uh, app for my phone, do I look for the highest rating, highest rated one? Right. Uh, if I'm uh, going to download a plugin for WordPress, they've I got ratings. I was just ratings. thinking that. Yeah. So, yes, I look at them probably a little unusual. I am a little unusual in many ways, but I'm probably <laughs> unusual in this way too, as I don't give those stars nearly as much emphasis as I do what is said in the reviews. Does that make sense, Mike Mueller? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. You know, and I yield and, the floor to you. And, 
Well, I'm just going to say it's 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 one of my big uh, complaints that um, you know something that somebody only uses you know like once. Um, you know, let's say, uh, and, and going back to phones, uh, typically I'm going to say most everybody out there has one phone, most of everybody, and they only have one phone, and that's either an Apple or it's an Android, and whatever Android it is, neither here nor there. If they've got the Apple iPhone blah blah, whatever number it is currently, because this is going to be the same thing 10 years from now, and they've got the Apple iPhone what and they they've also got the Samsung Galaxy S what they're only using one or the other so for them mm-hmm. to make a recommendation and say you know what I, you got to go apple yeah did you give the other one a chance did you try it so no. your field of expertise really you know you know I could I can go to you and I can ask you about for instance knives you know a ton of knives you've got a bunch of knives mhm and I could say, hey, I'm looking for this kind of knife. This is my, my thing. You would have an absolute, you know, your reviews on knives in the same way would be absolutely wonderful. Yeah, that makes sense because I have a wider field of expertise in that niche uh, as you are. And I get yeah. what you're saying. It, it's psychological, though, Mike. I mean, um, it is. I'll guarantee you that the majority of people don't read the reviews. They look only at the stars. Um, Correct. I think that's why five stars is important. Exactly. That's That's why it's important. So what happens if you get four stars instead of five? When does the value diminish so much that people are going to lose faith in your, in your Mm -hmm. product or your service? Well, you know, I'm going to say, Comparatively shopping, if you are if you're selling widgets, um, if you're selling widgets and your competitors selling the same widgets and they've got a higher rating, and of course I'm not talking about individual. Now we're gonna we're gonna average out all of their star ratings and all of your star ratings, and I'm looking at this in Google and Google's gonna show me this in Google reviews or what have you because Google has five star ratings as well. I can look at it'll show me. You know, here's one, two, three, four different vendors all selling the exact same widget. This one's got five stars. This one's got four and a half. This one's got two. Nobody's going to use that guy with two. And generally speaking, all things being equal, they're going to use the guy with five stars or the higher of the two than the lower of the two. Mm-hmm. I would I would concur. Uh, I'm sure there's some data out there to do that. I know MIT. Um, did a study not too long ago, and they used some Nielsen ratings. Uh, in fact, Nielsen did a survey back in 2012 where they uh, surveyed 28,000 Internet users from 56 countries. So this wasn't just a small sample group. This was a big sample group. But they determined mm-hmm. that of all of all trusted sources of brand information, consumer reviews were number one. And it wasn't even close to number two. But the problem yeah. is uh, we, have a, we, we have a herd instinct. So if one person moves over here, the other person moves with it. We really do. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done these experiments, but you can go into a shopping mall or any place where there's a crowd and get two or three people and have them look up and start pointing at some imaginary spot in the sky and uh-huh. look around. 
everybody else will yep. be there doing the same thing. If you get four <laughs> or five people, it's illegal to do this, but if you get four or five people in a mall, in a mall and they just start running and, and all running in the same direction saying, hurry, 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 uh, you're going to get a stampede because those other people aren't even going to know why they're running. So I said all yep. that to say, if somebody goes to a place where there's a five-star, four-star, three-star, two-star, one-star, and the link that they can click on has one of those ratings, they're going to click on the five-star one because everybody's moving that way. And here's the problem, too. I'm taking over, Mike. I didn't mean to do this. Here's no, the no. real problem no, today. Go ahead. Is with social media and so many fake accounts out there. I don't know if you know this, but you can go online. You can go to these different places like Fiverr.com. Nothing against Fiverr.com. Love their service. I've used it all the time. I've even sold through there. Um, you can go there, and you can hire somebody to go write fake reviews. You can hire somebody Absolutely. to go click stars someplace. So I could actually yep. – I would never do this, but I could actually hire somebody to go give a competitor – 1,000 one-star reviews. They don't even have to write anything. They just click one star. And all of a sudden, right. that competitor is down to one star. How do we overcome that, Mr. Mueller? Ooh, well, some places, I'll tell you, um, you have to be an actual uh, customer, like Amazon. So Amazon, you can go and you can see this person actually bought this product. So there's an entry barrier to that, but that doesn't happen on Google reviews. That doesn't happen on Yelp. That doesn't happen on a lot of other things. So you got a little bit of difficulty there, but yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. How would and, you? How would you stop that? Well, I think as an individual or as a company, you have to be very litigious about protecting your brand. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, if I owned a restaurant. And it was on Yelp, and all of a sudden it got several really bad reviews. I would be extremely mm-hmm. suspicious, uh, and I would possibly go after Yelp um, to protect my brand. doesn't necessarily cost money to go after somebody like that, because if you're strong enough up on the front with a cease and desist or a demand to comply, uh, they may just feel it's not worth you know, they might go, you know what, this guy's crazy. He's going to do this. We better back off and we better fix this. <laughs> um, but you'd have to do that with so many places if you really, and it doesn't happen with small business people generally, but it can. Right. You had a thought. I would, well, you just said fix this. And that brings up the to- whole topic of, you know, to get five-star reviews, to get more five-star reviews, you want to obviously – and get to the people who are the happiest. You don't want everybody to be review your product. <laughs> hey, you were kind of milk toast about your product, <laughs> about the product <laughs> I sold you. You want to leave a review? You don't mm-hmm. want them, and you obviously don't want the people that are upset at you or maybe uh, not enjoying your product or, or what have you or feel misled or what. So uh, that fix it that you just mentioned actually comes up in my thought process of in doing in in asking for reviews because you you I'm well I'm going to say there's a couple of different kinds of people out there that review on a regular basis or or what have you and then there are people who absolutely never oh you want me to review I've never done this how do you do this and mm-hmm. there are those people as well 
And so that you've got, I mean, you've got the serial Yelpers that, you know, they review everything and they write some good, they write some bad, and some of them are just, they only write bad and, and you've got all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm going to say one of the things that I've, I've done, and I've, I've done this after maybe the last six months or so, I came across an article I was reading on, on kind of this thing, is I don't ask for the review right away. I ask, mm-hmm. how was your experience? Because what I've found is, and most of the time, I'm going to say, everybody, oh, it was fabulous. But every now and then, you'll get somebody that says, you know what? I had a problem. And mm-hmm. now these people aren't, they are not forever going to be upset at you, but they're, they had a problem. They have an issue. They didn't voice that issue during the process, but now that the process is over, they've got an issue. And it allowed me to address that problem and then, ooh, okay, we're really happy now. That's when you ask for the review. Ah, good point. Good point. After it's done, you've built a relationship, and then you ask for it. Um, so you brought up kind of a couple of things there, and I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. It's difficult for me to just automatically give everyone five stars just because I think they did a good job. For me, five stars means that you went above and beyond. So you, you yes. took me someplace that I didn't expect to get. So what about that? I mean, I'm I'm kind of standard four-star guy. If you did a really good job, it's four-star. And if you did a really good job and then blew me away with something else, then that's five stars. Am I wrong in doing that? Should I be giving those people five stars? Well, I think I, I don't think you're wrong because that's how you're rating your stars. And actually, if you look at, I'm going to say most of the star ratings are going to say five is exceptional. Uh, you know, knock it out of the park type of stuff. But people don't read that normally as far as that goes. They just go five stars. That's really good. Mm-hmm. So I think I think your rating is, and I, I agree with you. Um, my my point on my side is as a service provider or as a seller of widgets or what have you, I want both the product and I want the service to be out of the park, exceptional. I want to surprise them. I want to, you know, I'm going to do more than I promised kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. always doesn't work with them, but that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm internally. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, And usually it's just conversation, just, stay engaged yeah well and ultimately what that means to me is if i get a ken cook to review me and he's going under his assumption of four stars as i got the product just as advertised everything was perfect love it you get four stars i i just moved to the five star column mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i'm up and above it mm-hmm. understood yeah that makes sense um you know, Jeff Belanger uh, brought up something on Facebook, on our Facebook post there that made me think. And, and I'm actually um, working with a lady that has a product. She's been in business for 14 years, uh, and she's just not getting the results, especially from online, uh, that she wants to get. So in doing some investigation, I went over to Facebook. She's got a lot of reviews on there, good ones and mm-hmm. mediocre ones. She doesn't have any horrible ones. She's never replied to one of them, not one. How important is it to reply to those? Absolutely. I mean, realistically, you should be thanking every single one of them. I agree. And then 
you talk a little bit about the herd mentality, the next thing you can do is you can share that review because they're public. So, mm-hmm. you know, Susie Q left a review, a five-star review. I'm going to share that to the public because that's, you know, that is proof that, hey, you should, you're interested in this product. You should buy my product. This is what everybody else thinks. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I do the same thing with my videos on YouTube. Every time somebody goes, great video, I go, thumbs up. Thank you. Uh, you know, I don't, you sound like a hick. Okay, cool. I'll move to Maine and learn how to talk right. Uh, you know, I, I comment to everything uh, just just to keep it engaged. I don't do the five-star ratings on my site. I actually, there was a company that I was buying leads from for a while. Um, great work out of that, by the way. I just I got a ton of work out of it. I just got too busy, couldn't buy the leads anymore. Everybody left me a five-star review that I didn't, even people that I didn't think I deserved five stars from. But I made sure to comment, and I'd say things like, well, it was you that made it so easy to do because, you know, you knew exactly what you wanted and you knew you needed to pay for it. So those two things that I really helped, helped me do my job. Um, so mm-hmm. final words on this, Mike. We just got a few minutes come left here. What are your final words on this topic? You know what? I'm going to say if you're a business owner, if you sell widgets or sell service or whatever you sell, be exceptional. Uh, look at your reviews and take them to heart. The bad ones and, and the good ones, but mostly the bad ones. Fix it so that you are selling something that's exceptional and uh, five-star worthy and start there. That's yeah. where you need to begin. And I'm going to say to the people who do leave ratings, I'm in fact, today I'm going to go change a rating on Amazon from a company called Chalk Zero. I've ordered from them twice. They send it to you in the mail. It's a sugar-free chocolate, and uh, they send it to you in the mail with a frozen pack in it. And then the post, postal delivery person sticks it in the mailbox, and it's 100 degrees in Georgia. So guess what happens? Um, my wife mm. ends up with six bags of mushy goo. So I went mm. on Amazon, gave them one star because that's what they deserved. And I said, it's not because of the product. I've never tried the product. It's because of the delivery. So I'm going to go back and change that today um, because they refunded my money, even though Amazon says no refunds on this product. So they did something. I'm going to go back and change my star rating. Uh, they're not going to get five. Um, and then they mentioned, too, in the refund email, it might make better sense for you to order from, like, December through <laughs> March. There so, you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, don't be afraid to go back and change your review. You ever changed a review, Mike? I, I have uh, actually a couple of times um, where I was – and actually in Yelp, where I was – uh, negative reviews typically um, where they came back, the owner came back or the manager or whoever and said, hey, you know, here's what went wrong and we're very sorry. And, of course, that doesn't get you a five-star, but, you know, that gets you gets you an update. Yep, agreed. Uh, we got just enough time to play a short round of rapid fire. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Have you ever posted a vengeance review? Ooh, never, because I've never wanted vengeance. Yeah, uh, I haven't either, but I did eat at a restaurant not too long ago, and the food was horrible, and I left a review. Um, are you wearing socks right now? Well, it would appear so, because I'm a bicyclist, so I get the bicyclist tan. I'm looking down at my ah. very white <laughs> I'm wearing socks there. Tan. Thank you very much. Um, 
Have you ever sent money to someone through Facebook? Yes, I have. Only because it was a new feature and I had to try it out, so I sent a buck to somebody. Yeah, I sent money to uh, a family member through there. One of my kids. Okay. If Gilligan's Island came back on as a regular series, would you watch? Ooh, probably not. I might DVR it once or twice, but if it didn't grab me, but I'm still on Team Marianne. <laughs> Same here. I probably would watch a couple times anyway. Okay, the big question. We've got to solve this. This is an age-old conflict. Cats or dogs? Dogs. You know, uh, I would have always just popped out and said dogs, but since I've been married to Myra, uh, she has taught me to respect and love cats. So cats are they're a lot more cool cats than I thought they were. Too. Yep. But yeah. I'm a dog guy. Haven't had one in years. It's about time to get one. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, sorry you didn't get over in the chat room, and I know you didn't because I was in there the whole time. Uh, be sure to listen in next week. I think next week we're going to be talking about online bullying for businesses, how you should respond. Have a great one. Thank you very you much. Go. Say bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. And thank you to Kevin McLeod for the great music. Thanks for listening to yet another edition of Social Media Edge Radio with your host, Ken Cook, and co-host, Mike Mueller. Stay on top of what's happening by visiting socialmediaedge.com. <laughs>